Welcome to What Bubbles Up. Pop open your mind and a cold one and get creative with your hosts, Bill and Barry. What bubbles up? What's poppin' everybody and welcome to episode 7 of this season of What Bubbles Up? Woohoo! A show about ideas. Where do they come from and how do you know when they're truly great? Oh, this is going to be a fun episode. Yep. Uh, thank you for setting this up. Uh, it is a colleague of yours yes. that uh, we're looking forward to speaking with who's going to talk all about my favorite subject, <laughs> social media that yeah. Uh, yeah. I am uh, a really poor practitioner of, I yeah. have to say. Um, but uh, we're going to get to that in a second. But first, the all-important question at hand, Barry, is what are you drinking? Yes. Well, I went deep into the beer fridge uh, for this one here, Phil. And so I, mm-hmm. I pulled out, um, this is the Jess IPA here from Hanger Pub and Brewery. It's actually from Amherst Brewing right here in Amherst, Mass. And I thought it would be appropriate for this episode because on the can it says, if the past two decades have taught us anything, it's that enthusiasm and experimentation lead to brand new flavors. And if I can mm. think about anything that our guest yeah. brings uh, to the table, it's certainly enthusiasm and experimentation. So exactly. I'm looking forward to introducing him. But Phil, what are you drinking? Yeah, uh, well... I thought, oh, there's got to be a whole story. It's social. It's connections. And then I saw something at my local trip. I forgot to Ooh. open it. Oh, keep going. Uh, Pay no uh, attention to the mess. Continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> they don't have uh, a spill vision here, uh, Barry. But no. uh, uh, I was like, ooh, let me find something interesting mm. and, and, and fantastic. And then I was at Trader Joe's, of all places. Yes. And I look up on the shelf, and I see something I have not seen locally ever. Uh, so I said, ditch it all. I Jenny just love Cream this stuff. Ale. Jenny Cream no, Ale. No. Uh, no, I've had frequent access to that. That is not a win <laughs> oh, uh, in my book. Yeah. No, what I have is from our friends at the Maine Beer Company. Oh, yeah. You have access to yeah. this. I do not, typically. It's lunch. It's Ooh. the lunch IPA, 7% and, uh, from Freeport, Maine. Uh, boy, this is a rare find for me. I am yeah. just giggling with excitement at, at this. Uh, this this the scavenger hunt uh, worthy find, yeah. Uh, and it says there is something I think that does connect to what our guest is going to be speaking about around yep. sort of responsibility in the social sphere, and it just simply says do what's right, ah. and I think that's appropriate. So I'm going to pop there this open. Go. I already know what's going to happen. It's going to be delicious. So why don't you yep. go ahead while I wrestle with this bottle and introduce our guest. All right. Well, people of Earth, uh, join uh, join us in welcoming Nick Verlaney, who is the director of social media and content here uh, at Merkel and Merkel Americas. I get the chance to work with him every day. Uh, Nick, welcome to What Bubbles Up. Well, well, thanks for having me, fellas. I mean, the two two amazing beer choices, by the way. Yes. I, I like I like oh, all yeah. the tie-ins to the yes. to the story. I, I think I might have you beat, though. All right. All Uh-oh. right. The okay, gauntlet challenge is thrown. That's so, right. So what have you got? So for, for the people who don't uh, know uh, of me or, or where I'm uh, based, I'm in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Kansas City has a couple of really uh, decent breweries. Uh, one of them is called Boulevard Brewing. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. Boulevard is kind of more nationally distributed now. They they were uh, bought out by Omegong, yeah. I think, out of Belgium, and so they have more distribution. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it it is uh, a beer called 
dark truth and, <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> and wow. it is an imperial stout 9.7 percent absolutely yeah. delicious and yeah. uh, mm. i think sums up where where a lot of social <laughs> yes. is right yes. now so there's yeah. a dark truth i like in it. fact i believe that is the name of a social media channel uh wow. not a particularly good one but uh a poor yeah, one it even. exists yeah yes yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly all right welcome to the show awesome Thanks. well nick as 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 you know, and as everyone who listens to what bubbles up knows, this is a podcast about ideas and how uh, people like yourself come up with them, how you know what's a good idea. And so we want to talk about ideas, but in particular, we really want to talk about the space where you and your team and and kind of where you've worked creating ideas, which is sort of in the world of social, this this notion of ideas that, you kind of have to earn credit for and and you kind of want other people to share and co-create with you. It's a different place, right? But why don't we start? Let's let's dive right into your life story, your Clark Kent Superman like origin mm-hmm. story. So where where what from what cornfield did you emerge, sir? Yeah, it's an off-brand Clark Kent Superman. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's the great value version of that, but um <laughs> It just yeah, says I'm, man. Yeah. Just, says man on <laughs> just, just an M on my chest. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think, I think it all starts in the Midwest as, as all great things do. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, I know you elites on the coast don't, yes. don't buy into the, here, here. the wholesome <laughs> Midwest values that we, we here bring to the table. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. I went to the university of Nebraska uh, I am a mm. sad, sad Nebraska Cornhuskers fan in all things. We are just abysmal in all things and in all places right now. Uh, but uh, but that, I love the school spirit. Uh, yeah. Nothing says I love where I come from like sad. Yeah. I mean, think about this. I grew up and we were winning national championships and we That's were right. everything. And yeah. we, we've won 15 games in four years now. It is. Uh, it's a, it is a little sad. It's, it's Shout tough. out to Tom Osborne and Tommy Maddox, though. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Frazier. Tommy Frazier. Tommy Frazier. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse there, there you me. go. I'm very, very, very sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. That's me. So it, all, so it all started back there. I, I, you said something that I thought was funny. You said you took the wrong major in college. What did you mean by that? I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, uh, are we swearing on the show? Is there is, uh, mm-hmm. do, do we swear? Feel free. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I went ass backwards into, into advertising. Um, at, so at Nebraska, there were kind of two paths, right? The, the J school had an advertising function. And so you would go into the journalism school and go into advertising. And at the time I knew I wanted to do something in marketing, but I, I selected the business school path, which was more business marketing mm-hmm. and a bunch of finance and a bunch of other stuff associated with it. And so mm-hmm. I picked the entirely wrong major for where I've ended up over the last decade. But uh, it also gave me kind of a unique perspective as you know, kind of an increasing business operator within Merkle to kind of better understand the functions of business. So it all worked out in the end, but I certainly wish I would have taken the more creative, fun advertising path for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Although I know, I know plenty of quote unquote creatives who kind of wish they, they had the other side. So uh, it's the melding of the two uh, that I think uh, makes for great things. Uh, So, so you got into the social thing, pretty early on i mean uh it's it's been it's been a while right <laughs> social's been around a little bit longer than i like to think i'm also the type of person who says oh 20 years ago that was in the 70s no no actually 20 the 20 years ago was 
still in the 2000s. But uh, <clears throat> so how does one get into social before social was social? What does that even mean? Yeah, my my class, my freshman class at, at, uh, in 2005, we're, we were the first uh, full year to get access to the Facebook uh the Facebook, and it yes, was a right. if you remember all the way back in the day that was a college email requirement to get access to the platform that's right so that's right my the millennial generation that i'm a part of uh which is now it feels like 30 years is the millennial generation kind of spans all over mm-hmm. the place we were the first uh people to get access to facebook and to start messing around with social media and to begin to understand how this was going to shape the next 20 years of our of our lives almost and it you know when you're a user of something right if you're a native user of anything um it gives you a leg up uh, against people who are kind of learning it years later and so the native user i just kind of got really into it and tried to figure out how i could use this thing for good uh to your to your lunch Mm -hmm. beer analogy Yes. And yes. that's that's what intrigued me about the whole start in social. Um add to the fact that I graduated in the midst of the Great Recession in two thousand nine mm-hmm. and you really had to get creative as to where yeah. your career path was gonna Indeed. go. So Indeed. yeah. And certainly at that time, social media had no real ties to business. Uh in fact, I w- you know, the, I mean, Facebook had sort of, kind of, sort of had business pages, but not, but not really. Um, and we didn't really know that the platform at some point was going to get monetized. I mean, talk about that a little bit and how you realize, hey, there's there's actual money in this. Yeah, if you, if you go way way back to to the to the dark ages of Facebook, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I worked for a couple of places that had created personal Facebook profiles that they were using to function as their business. And I mean, yeah. you think about that now and it seems hilarious. Like, wow, we were cavemen right back in the day. Yeah. But I mean, the <laughs> mm-hmm. functionality was in beta. I mean, business pages were a, a brand new thing. Ads running ads on Facebook was controversial back in the day. Like, yeah, if you right. remember like, what is this mm-hmm. going to do to our wonderful loving platform? Well, it's going to ruin the world eventually but in the meantime point, yeah yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting and yeah it's just a whole different way of thinking about the platforms you know you, there was an emphasis on trying to engage with people and not just broadcast a message yeah and in fact the first iteration of facebook all you could do was engage with people you could barely post a profile photo right the whole yeah. thing mm-hmm. was centered around engagement so yeah it's right. fascinating to think about how it's evolved yeah yeah mm-hmm. well i mean one of the things that phil and i thought would be fun <clears throat> is maybe to sort of step through i mean if we sort of like jump almost a modern day we can sort of step through a bunch of the platforms a bunch of some and, and kind of get your thoughts on on like, you know, why they're a great idea now or why they were a great idea before. And then and then it kind of talk a little bit about what makes a great idea on each platform, because they're all kind of different. Right. And, and maybe we can dive right into that. Like, let's you know, you're, you're talking with clients all the time. You're talking with other people. You have teams that kind of like create content or more importantly, really teams that work with influencers who create content. A lot of this is about sort of engaging with the creator economy. Um Let's just knock them down here. So first up on our list here, dun, 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 TikTok, mm. right? TikTok is hot. 
all the clients are asking us about TikTok. Like, why is this a great idea? Why do you love TikTok or why has it been a great idea? Uh, yeah, I mean, TikTok is phenomenal uh, for a couple of reasons. And, you know, obviously, as, as the platform cleared uh, U.S. law, uh, yeah. it became yes. more yeah. prominent yeah. in my mind, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it is now the platform. I mean, if you're if you're thinking about anything social and you're not thinking about TikTok, you're three years behind. So yep. uh, why it's important is that it has democratized the content creation process for everyday mm-hmm. users. It's made non-polished, average uh, content mistakes. It's made all of this cool, right? If you think about Mm -hmm. the way that social evolved in many, many channels, including Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all these places, the emphasis always was on how can I make a perfect thing? How can I perfectly represent my brand? How can I perfectly represent Mm -hmm. myself? TikTok Mm -hmm. said to hell with that. We want to see it raw. We want to mm. see, we want to see the the freckles. We want to see your dance that didn't quite come off. We want to see uh, people using this platform for good and posting educational tutorials mm. and helping people out with their mental health. And it's just mm-hmm. gone from strength to strength. And the algorithm drives that. The algorithm is scary good. Uh, mm-hmm. It only shows you stuff that you want to see or connects you to stuff that you might want to see it's not feeding you all of the ads all the time. And even when it does show you ads, it's so native in your feed that it yeah, doesn't yeah. stand out. So there's a ton of really, really great stuff there, but uh, it is a phenomenal platform and you can learn a lot just from being on there and seeing user behavior. <laughs> yeah. And I love the, the, the this notion of uh, po- unpolished is the new polished. Uh, I, I think uh, a recent TikTok submission of a young girl who was going to show everyone her room, knocked her hip on the the uh, bedpost, and everyone started doing duets yes. to her little yelp. <laughs> uh, I, you got to check this out, Bear. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it, but she like goes ah, and everyone's like harmonizing with it, and, yeah, and and uh, timing it with uh, you know you know Michael Jackson yeah. songs and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's it. It's very, yeah, very Nick, I mean, Nick and I were talking about duets. Like, I mean, talk, like, like that's a great example of what makes a great idea on TikTok, and that's different mm-hmm. than what's on others. Like, t- t- for people who don't know, why don't you explain duets, Nick, and then talk about what makes a great idea on TikTok? Yeah, so duets, are, it's really simple, right? It's some someone out there puts themselves out there, right? They they record something, they create something, they do a dance. They make a crazy sound by running into their baseboard or their bed or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then within TikTok, the functionality exists to take that video and either play along with it, do a reaction to it, something fun, interesting, cool, funny, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And it snowballs, right? Because then people will do reactions to the first reaction and so on and so forth. <laughs> and one of my right. favorite examples of this is the, the uh, end of 2020, early 2021, there was this uh, craze called the sea shanties, which are old, <laughs> uh, like, like Rural, 1700s songs that yeah. have just been resurrected by TikTok. I mean, it's the only place where it became popular again. But mm-hmm. people were duetting and creating unbelievable music yeah. with, with 1700 sheet music from ships, and mm-hmm. and they were and like you had four baritones and three ten and everyone was in these duets and it was crazy and one guy got signed to a record deal because he started the first version of that right oh my god that's yeah. what can oh happen on, on 
this platform. It is yeah. absolutely fantastic, and it's original Jesus. and it's creative. Yeah, it's amazing. yeah. I just like the ocean spray cranberry guy. Sort of like, or eventually yeah. Nick Fleetwood is like the last sort of like duet at the end, where he's just yeah. like getting pulled <laughs> behind the truck, drinking ocean spray. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. I do think the the one person. Uh, who's used this platform the the smartest is Jacob Collier, who's a uh, just basically a genius musician out mm. of the UK, mm. uh, and he can harmonize literally anything. and And uh, he's utilized this platform to just scale out his stuff. And he just won like a boatload of Grammys. So, yeah, I I I, I think it's kind of proven its value. Okay, coming up next, uh, what what wh- why do you love YouTube, and what's a great idea? that YouTube can uniquely capture unlike any other platform. Yeah. You, YouTube is fantastic because it can uh, host long form video in a way that's still really engaging. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, I would say this to anyone uh, out there who wants to learn anything about anything that exists in the world, there's a YouTube video for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I am uh, a very bad golfer. Um, and, <laughs> and I have learned swing tips and to do's mm-hmm. and a bunch of stuff from, uh, my favorite golf YouTubers, Rick Shields. He's amazing. He's this British guy and he yeah. does a bunch of swing tutorial videos, but I've learned about how to repair cars. I've learned about yeah. the Inca mm-hmm. empire. I've learned about a whole bunch of stuff that is like not related, but that's really interesting. It's like a wiki hole, but you can watch it and learn from it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it is true. I, I, the amount of things that I have repaired in my house where yeah. I, I don't even crack the owner's manual anymore. It's like my first move now is I go to YouTube and I type in something obscure, like, you know, weird name brand, 1987 pool heater, clog <laughs> valve thing. And literally there's some dude who's got a handheld camera who's going to mm-hmm. take me through step by step. Like we've re- we've repaired our car that way. I fixed things on the heater and the plumbing in our house that way. Totally. Like, totally. like I've, I've identified weird garage door opener parts and things that aren't even being made anymore. It's a, it's amazing. This little home office that I got yeah. uh, was a pandemic level project that was courtesy of YouTube. Now, uh, Barry knows this. I am not the handiest person in the world. Uh, <laughs> Don't uh, talk's a good game. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I, well, I, I made my way slowly but surely yes. through this 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 office reno, and I have a, a, a broken back and uh, some burnt fingers to show for it. But it happened, and I'm happy to report I'm still alive. Yeah. To tell the Sorry. Go ahead, Nick. No, I mean I, I was going to add. That is, you know, student loans are a big topic of discussion right now. Are, are we going to cancel student loans? Are we not going to cancel student mm-hmm. loans? What's the value yeah. of a college education? Yeah. I mean, kids, especially in the creative arts, right? Yes. Can learn Photoshop, can can learn every design skill they need to join Barry's team at Merkel on YouTube. That's right. Yeah, they really, mm-hmm. can. I mean, it is yeah. crazy. So, well, it's, we it's, had it's so one of our one of our earliest guests. Is it Steve Prince? Is is that right, Phil? Steve Prince, yeah. yes. Basically, mm-hmm. has created an intru- incredible sort of like art curriculum for kids uh, entirely through YouTube. But then, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can take classes at MIT basically over YouTube from yeah. like professors that you would normally have to pay seventy five thousand dollars a year to kind of see. And so, and it does kind of call into question: hmm, hmm. is that paper really? Worth Worth hmm. Yeah, what it's printed. It's on. fascinating, uh, except for one piece of paper. All Barry. right, all right, uh, easy. Phil's wearing a Virginia <laughs> University of Virginia sweatshirt. Yes. As, as as regular listeners to uh, What Bubbles Up are shocked 
shocked, shocked, shocked to hear he's a fan <laughs> of his alma mater, uh, University yeah, of Virginia. A little bit, a little bit. All right. So from and, from from the great heights to the valley here. <laughs> I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is a fascinating week, I would say, it's to be been, talking about Twitter, been. right? It's yes. a really interesting platform. Talk about the I mean, you've loved it. You've hated it. I don't know what you think about it right now. We'll we'll give ourselves a three minute limit to talk about Elon Musk. But uh, but uh, tell me what's what's up with uh, Twitter and what is why was it a great idea? Is it still a great idea? Could it be again? Um. So Twitter used to be my favorite platform by far, by far mm-hmm. and away. It used to be my mm-hmm. favorite platform. Um. It's mm-hmm. probably the platform that I've used the most throughout my life because I love the live nature of it. I love that everyone on Twitter who's talking about something is talking about it live, you know, yeah. and there has never been a better platform for live events in the history of the world. Never. Um, yep. Yep. It is. It's how news breaks. It's how every, it's how you find out That's anything right. in this world. We're finding out videos from Ukraine on Twitter before they the defense department could even come out and say anything about it. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's that platform. The whole Elon Musk thing calls into question where this thing's going to go though and yes that's because of his incredibly skewed views on what free speech is um Mm -hmm. and so i don't (laughs) i think when a professional troll owns something there's only one (laughs) outcome and that it's going to get worse um yeah i don't see it getting better i don't see there's any chance that it'll be better than it has been and it sucks because it had a ton of potential and still yeah. does if someone actually wants to like be responsible with it, but uh, it doesn't appear that anyone wants to be responsible with it. Well, it's been a, mm. it's been a, I think kind of a failure as a business, and Certainly it's kind has, of yeah. like a, a not a huge um, user base these days. It has a highly influential user base, but I I still think that there are lots of play, people who are using it really interesting ways, like. I mean, Twitter spaces, some of that stuff. I mean, like what, what Mm -hmm. makes a good idea on the platform right now, when you kind of look beyond the politics of it and sort of the future of it as a business, like how, how have you seen people like really make great ideas happen on this platform? Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of things, right? I mean, I think the chance for one-to-one engagement is still Mm -hmm. incredibly high for businesses if they Mm -hmm. care to do that. It's very yes. hard. It's very time consuming to cultivate an audience who wants to engage with you at that level. And there are certain brands who have absolutely invested that time and energy to do so. Yeah. Um, so that's that's number one. The second thing, which I, I love as a, as a as a compliment to the offering as it stands, are Twitter spaces. I think the mm-hmm. opportunity to take the live ethos of Twitter and bring that to an audio function while people are talking about a topic while the topic is hot is beautiful. And like, yeah. you know, I, I, for those who know me, know I'm a huge Chelsea football club fan. When mm-hmm. Chelsea was announced that uh, the owner was selling Chelsea and that it was being put up for sale, you know, we were able to do a quick Twitter spaces and had like 1200 people join because people were that in the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, There's going right. to be a zillion of them tonight with the NFL draft. I'm exactly. like, everybody I know oh, is like yeah. doing Twitter spaces and that's the platform they're using for that live conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, yeah. you really do have to care about engagement on Twitter. Yeah, you do, and you have to you have to be willing and able to meet the demands of that immediacy, the way that they did in that one Super Bowl when the when uh, the way Oreo did uh, specifically that. 
Oh, with the blackout. The blackout. Super Dome. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Dunk in yeah. the dark. Yep. Yeah, exactly. What, what dunk in the dark? You, precisely. I mean, <laughs> were they just like waiting by the by the TV and with their computers? I mean, who knows how that actually happened? But I th- actually that's they exactly were. what happened. But, yeah, <laughs> I, pro- I promise you that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like, holy shit! Yeah. Turn a moment. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you want to monetize engagement, but at the same time, you got to be active on it. Then that's what that's what engagement is all about, real time. Yeah. I look. I think I think it'll be certainly a fascinating topic to kind of look at and kind of see if this thing can can become something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly going to be a story, but let's move on to let's move on to another one that's struggling here. I would sort of say, like I, at least I think it's struggling. So Instagram, which sort of was incredibly powerful for a while. I mean, Nick, your thoughts? <laughs> I, I mean, I used to really like it, and now you know because Facebook has uh turned it into something that it wasn't meant to be i think it has challenges right. and, and mm. tiktok's just eating its lunch every yeah. day of the week i mean yeah yeah they have, they basically tried to copycat some of the functionality without the user base that has the creativity right. to pull it off and it just hasn't worked but what i think instagram does have especially for businesses is a huge amount of value in the social commerce space and so you still have a decent influencer base on instagram and the amount of in-feed shopping and social commerce and live mm-hmm. social commerce functionality that exists there is really, really, really powerful. Um, it's something that you know we're we're always looking to try and get ourselves into and and create something there for our for our brands at, at Merkle. Yeah, talk talk a little bit about social commerce, maybe on Instagram, but just kind of in general, like like. We talk a lot, I know you and I, and I like parrot all the things that you say when I talk with with clients, but basically the the notion of like everything in life should be shoppable, right? And so the the sort of the shortening of the of the sort of decisioning from like inspiration and sort of awareness right to being able to buy it, I think it's 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 um clearest of all, you know, when you look at a lot of what's happening across social channels, but but in Instagram in particular, like what's the value of social commerce? Yeah, so for for those who need the quick definition, it's the ability to buy within your social feed, right? Mm, so yep. you just click on a you know for Instagram, for example, a product tag. It'll open up a window, and you could just with your connected PayPal or whatever account you have on Facebook, purchase and have that shipped to your house without ever going to a website. Mm, and so yep. it's an incredibly yep. valuable tool for both the consumer and the business, right? Because yep. the business wants to shorten the, the customer journey to zero, which is what this does. And yep. the consumer can't be bothered to go to your website and sort through a bunch of stuff. And, you know, it's just arduous now. And so there is a, there's a huge amount of value in that space to, be in mm-hmm. the moment to provide products to people while they're scrolling their phones, right? Like that is, that's the future of where this thing is going is, yeah. you know, the, the website won't be obsolete. Obviously people still love shopping on websites, but for those who are power users and social, 
they well, want to buy it. Yeah. It's an impulse purchase, and and I think that that's one kind of shopping, but it's a really important kind of shopping, and and I think it's yeah. fascinating to kind of you'd be shocked at how much money people will spend on an impulse. But yeah, I, oh yeah. Can I give you an example? <laughs> sure. After the U.S. Yeah. qualified for the World Cup, uh, Talisman uh-huh. Caps, which is a store that I love, based out of Minneapolis, they had they have knitted uh, stars and stripes sweaters. We have a winter mm. world cup coming up. Did mm. I make that purchase immediately? You bet your ass I did. And I was <laughs> thrilled about it. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's all awesome. very nice. I guess, you know, I, because this is not my world right now, I haven't thought about sort of the immediacy piece. Uh, when, when I did a lot of re- consulting with resale companies, we always talked about sort of the, the gum and candy uh, part of the 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 supermarket journey, yeah, you know, the grocery yeah. store, you know, right right when you're about to buy something, ooh, I need that, I need that, I need that. The brilliance of that sort of immediacy, that is what social commerce is. It's the that 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 sort of uh, uh, grand scale truncation of the purchase funnel, yeah, uh, w- where everything is gum and candy, you know, it, uh, even I, hundreds hundreds of dollars worth of purchases, yeah, or thousands of dollars. Uh, what I also like is. I mean, typically it's a brand that's trying to sell you something in this very sort of like you feel the marketing, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden yeah. on social, it's an it's an influencer or it's someone who's just a fan. And they're legitimately going like, you know, just sort of telling you about something that you're you're they're passionate about, and you can buy it from that experience now. It's very yeah. different. Do you do you know it what I'm is. saying? Like right. it's not like the super slick nike ad that's telling me to get the shoes it could literally be like some sort of instagram influencer who's like a sneakerhead who happens mm-hmm. to have a passion for nike and you could make that shoppable it's a whole different world it's amazing or, or happens to have a uh, a business relationship with nike but you don't kind of know that off off the cuff especially yeah. if you're not the savviest of social media users yeah uh speaking of savviness LinkedIn. Now, I have to say, uh, full disclosure, LinkedIn is my favorite social platform. It's really yeah. the only one that I actively engage with. Yeah. Um, it's it become mine, to be too. Our, yeah. yeah. Well, happens to be our marketing channel of choice for this particular podcast. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yes. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, perhaps diversification is also part of the game. But, uh, Nick, tell us your perspectives on LinkedIn. Why is it good? Why is it a great idea? And what makes for a great idea yeah. on a social network that's about professionals? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think that the updates that LinkedIn has made to this platform over the last three or so years have been incredible. Um, I see more genuine conversation happening on LinkedIn and TikTok now than any other platform, and it yeah, and it's not close. Like it, it is, it's not mm-hmm. fake. It's not bots. It's not. A bunch of the stuff that turns people off, right? You don't I don't see in- the trolling. I don't see the trolling. No, what no. I see is like genuine, no. like people trying to help each other, and, yes. and it's interesting. Now, yep. there's if if I have a nit to pick about uh, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I could do less with the manufactured long form stories about people not getting a job or yeah, not, or, or giving a candidate more money than they ever asked, like. Give me a break. Yeah. Like some of these things are absolutely just made up and false, but the platform itself has a live yeah. functionality now, which is fantastic. Yeah. They're starting to adopt That's the creator true. mentality for, for business operators who are really, really savvy with the platform and have something to say. Thought mm-hmm. leadership is still really valued here, right? On, on yeah. this platform. And I, I genuinely think that for businesses, especially B2B businesses that don't have hmm. another refuge in the world besides LinkedIn. Yeah. 
they have done a world of good for your insurance company or or your insurance broker, I should say, or a mm-hmm. mom and pop store that's selling software to another. Like it is a great yeah. place for uh, for B two B businesses to communicate value props about what they do, why they do it, and to and to attract and and retain talent. Man, I'm telling you, like. Mm-hmm. In in the world that we are all in right now, where where people are leaving jobs for other jobs at a rate that we haven't seen in our lifetimes, yep. LinkedIn is a a place where you can, by just putting out great thought leadership content as a brand, attract talent that wants to come work for someone smart and savvy. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's brilliant. It, it, it and and yeah, just just to that point. Um, as a professional, you can have your own brand as well. Exactly. As a, as an expert in your in your field, so your 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 posting content is really basically better than any resume or portfolio you could put together. Your your presence on LinkedIn is basically your your pitch to recruiters at at scale and and a frequency that you can't do on a you know on a, yeah with a headhunter or posting or anything like that. Yeah, I also just think it's just it's just a. There's a lot of great content, but there's a huge opportunity there for great content. And so, I mean, I mm-hmm. mean, just to to lob Nick the softball of all softballs. <laughs> here it comes, it. baby. Wind Go up. <laughs> you know, Nick and I, Phil, as you may not know, or maybe you or obviously do, we are about to launch something on LinkedIn Live that we're actually really excited about because, frankly, we want to experiment with this opportunity. Nick, mm-hmm. why don't you tell the tell the people what uh, what we're what mm. we're messing around with? Sell them, Jimmy. Go. You can do it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, I uh, so yeah. Barry and I have talked about this for for a couple months now, and we, we're putting this uh, LinkedIn Live series together called Fast Currents, and it's a lot. Essentially, if you're if you're interested in creativity at all, yeah, this is Merkel's best and brightest, and and me producing the show. <laughs> um, uh, uh, nice, self-deprecating you know, humor is the best. Yeah, all right, go yeah. <laughs> putting together a show that we think will provide real value to people to show an insight into how we think about different creative structures. Obviously there's a lot of different ways to be creative um, within the agency world. And Merkel has a huge uh, breadth of talent in the creative space. We want to showcase different uh, opinions and perspectives there, but it's largely just a place to have a creative conversation that, that we haven't had yet. And that's really exciting to me because I think there's a ton of value in a live conversation that doesn't feel like a webinar, you know, that you're not required to do a CE credit or, or yeah, it's just I think mm-hmm. that's the that's the the word in the sentence that I would underline. It's a conversation. That's what I'm actually most excited about. Right? It is going to be back and forth with people who sort of like participate in the in the way that I think some of these platforms are allowing it. But it also allows us to kind of have a conversation with people that are really particularly interested in sort of the the creative design and experience kind of conversation. Phil that that we're interested in having. And I, I think mm-hmm. it's also just going to be great for our people to sort of experiment with and, uh, and just to see, um, <clears throat> see how we can engage with, with folks and, and, um, and, and give people, I think, an, a, an opportunity to kind of think through and, and I, frankly debate, I think some of the ideas that we're all toying with. 
boy, there's a lot going on in our world, Phil, as you and I talk about all the time, right? It's just like For sure. massive avalanche of new technology, new platforms, mm-hmm. new sort of like, you know, spatial web, web three, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, blockchain, dot, 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 dot. And so all of these are just fascinating opportunities, but um, it's kind of like, uh, the coffee house, you know, that we like to talk about, yeah. we want to be able to have artists talk with other artists about how they're using it and to start to kind of make those odd sort of connections between two different ideas that I think kind of result in a, in a great new idea in itself. So we're excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. it's a great analogy the coffee house. And I, for one, am very interested to see how the Venn diagram of uh, listeners between your LinkedIn live fast currents and what bubbles up mm. overlaps uh, to uh, uh, create mutual value yes. for our yes. Uh, it's one concentric share, circle, uh, is what it is. Exa- yeah, uh, oh, let's hope for that. Let's yeah. hope. For what that, was it, Phil? Think- Alan Herrick always told us to like do what's in the football. Do what's in the football. That was the yeah. Venn diagram analogy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the football. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's exactly exactly right. the shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, you know, I think I think we've kind of said it all, Barry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. This is this is fascinating. You know, I for one have a a, a love hate relationship and a and a let's call it a healthy skepticism of social media. But it's nice to rekindle sort of, you know, the spirit and vitality and 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 the philanthropic yeah. uh, uh, foundation on, up, upon which social media was really built. And and hopefully we can get back to those days. Yeah. And so it's been a wide ranging conversation yeah. of all the things that that Nick has shared with us. Yes, Barry, what are you going to steal? So I would say that um, of of all the things that kind of Nick talked about, there's like a theme that's running through all of it here that a a lot of times with creativity, we're very, very focused on what we create ourselves and how we can kind of like hone our crap and how we can be perfect and only kind of present like exactly sort of the finished thing that's out there. And the whole essence really, I think of social is you, you expose the process, you expose the heart and the intent. You expose, in some instances, the pain and the struggle of kind of like creating your idea. And and frankly, in doing so, you kind of give opportunity to other people, more important to you, to kind of participate in your idea and maybe even own it themselves. And that mm. that is what makes the best idea in social. It's not yours. As soon as you're mm. in social, it's ours. And that's the, yeah. that's the thing that I'm going to kind of take from Nick. And so he has, I think, kind of built a career and an expertise and sort of led, led lots of other people on our team to kind of have careers um, thinking like that. And it's a different kind of creativity than I would argue you are classically trained in school. And so I mm-hmm. think it's a really, really important thing that, that, uh, that produces incredibly brilliant ideas where a lot of people can kind of point at that thing and go, I created that. And that's, that's really powerful. What are you going to steal, mm-hmm. Phil? Uh, that was that was fantastic. I t- totally agree with that. I think I think sort of along similar lines. Uh, I'm struck by the inherent altruism that social media mm. has. Uh, but as as Nick's beer uh, will will attest, there is a dark truth. <laughs> Sometimes to 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 there it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find uh, some of that around here, but. I, I thought I thought it was prescient, Barry, that you introduced Nick with that sort of uh, the the Clark Kent analogy yeah. and the superhero in disguise. Because if I hearken back to the words of uh, Peter Parker's Uncle Ben, mm. 
it with great power comes great responsibility and i think creativity and the ability to create mm. is an inherently human superpower mm. which in the hands of the wrong people mm. can be used against us mm-hmm. um and i think there was a pivot point even though we didn't really talk about it during the uh, presidential campaign of 2008, 2012, where the Obama group was able to use social media, mm-hmm. not in a uh, necessarily a negative way, but they were targeting people through sentiment, through, um, you know, sort of shared values and, and experiences mm-hmm. that to, to for, for a get out the vote and sort of participating in a movement. Yep. yep. And, and that same that same strategy, that same data, that's the same similar algorithms were used for the exact opposite intent just four years later. Mm-hmm. And and it goes to show you that we, you know, technology uh, in a vacuum is not necessarily a good thing. So for our audience out there who are creatives and creators, always work with intent uh, yeah. because there are great ideas to be had, as we've talked about at great length. As long as it's about the connection and connectivity between humans, mm. you're on the right path. But if it's used for ill, mm. then it's probably something you should avoid. So great power, great responsibility, great ideas. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Nick, you're both Superman and Spider-Man. So there you go. Mm. What do you have to say about that? Uh, yeah, give me a movie deal. Um, <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? What am Good I doing time, working man. for you? If I, if I could be making a ton of money in the movies, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. I, I would yeah. just, I, I would add the last point, which I think is the most pressing, especially as it comes to organic social. If you're a brand or a creator listening to this and you're like, man, I agree with 1000% of what these guys said, uh, yeah. which is a huge mistake mistake i would add um <laughs> yeah i i would say the the thing that i am trying to do every day for our brands is provide value to our users mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. provide value if you give expecting nothing thereof which is a uh a, a frequently used phrase um it, it will pay dividends hugely because that's what yeah. people want to see like use yourself as a as a sample size of one and just scroll that feed and see what other people are talking about. And if your content can match that vibe, you're in a really good place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it, it if it's self-serving and it's click here by now, always you're going to lose people. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Love it. Love it. All right. Thank you, Nick. I knew this would be a great conversation, Phil. I told you, <laughs> what do you know? Look at that. Yeah, no, you were right. You're right. Thank you so, so much, Nick. This was, this was, this was enlightening and and I would say heartening. Yeah. Uh, also optimistic, an optimistic conversation about social Phil. What do you exactly? <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to keep my kids off of it, but, but thank you nonetheless. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, let's roll to the close here. So, Nick, let's thank you again for joining us. Nick Verlaney, uh, director of social and content at Merkel. Thank you, and uh, to all of you out there listening. Uh, if you're a subscriber, thank you. We love having you. We're gonna. Uh, we've got a long uh, list of content coming up on future What Bubbles Up episodes. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please uh, subscribe. You can find us obviously on uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, about eight or nine different platforms. Um, uh, Phil. 
Absolutely. If you want to get in touch with us, please feel free to do so by emailing us at whatbubblesup at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at whatbubblesup. Once again, thank you so much to Nick Verlaney, Director of Social Media and Content at Merkel, and might I say, the man with a voice like polished brass. <laughs> uh, we, we will see you on the next episode of What Bubbles Up. Cheers. What Bubbles Up? Ideas popping off like bottle caps. What bubbles up?